You are now listening to The Open Canvas. This week, I sat down with The Collective, The Arena BK. I'm honored to call these guys my friends. Elliot, Samson, and Derek. Some of you may know them as the Yellow Arkell. Those are some of the best parties in Brooklyn and New York City for that matter. I'm really excited about this episode. So let's get into it. Yes, we're here at the arena. How's it going, guys? It's going, man. Good. Good, Thanks good. For having us. Oh, absolutely. You know, one of the things, like, when I first walked in here, I was like, man, this is a dope spot y'all got. Like, you said you've been here for like three and a half years three now. Three and a half years, man. That's yeah. dope. That's dope. How did y'all meet? Where did this all start for you guys? So, me and Elliot actually met in college. We went to Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh, and then we weren't even that close then, but after college, both he's from Boston, I moved mm. to Boston. That's where I met this cat right here, just just yeah. being amongst the Boston creative scene. Yeah. And uh, we all just kind of migrated down to New York eventually. Nice. And for the arena, when did that come into fruition for you guys? Was it an idea, like, or was it like just something you guys just started doing? Yeah, I think I got the story <laughs> right. You definitely correct me if I'm wrong, but um, was it the arena when we threw our house warming? No, no. Okay, so basically no. we named our apartment the arena because we just had all this sports memorabilia it feels like stadium seating right. almost. And then yeah. it also just became this clubhouse where people came to chill, interact, discuss creative things, whatever. Yeah. So I don't know who suggested the name Arena. I like to take credit for it, but <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's a fact. Okay. I'm pretty sure uh, it did. Yeah, pretty yeah, sure yeah, it did. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I'll let you have that. So we call it the arena. Then parallel, we started just having house parties because mm. we've got a cool space, cool rooftop, barbecue. Um, so our first house farming was June. First, June, June first, 6th or yeah, something? Like 2013. 2013. So yeah. and there were maybe like 30 or 40 people here. These are just friends yeah. that we work with, that we grew up with, that we went to college with, that are just oh, in the area, right? Yeah. But, nice. but each of us and our former roommate, Josh, who I went to high school with, Josh had a bunch of friends here, Sam had a bunch of friends here, and I had a bunch of friends here. We just brought them all together and just naturally through our diverse experiences, we just brought a diverse group together. And that's not just racially diverse, but socioeconomically, industry, yeah. just creative vibes, whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. And so that was our first party. Then a couple months later, we threw another and it just felt so dope, right? Mm. It just, everyone's been to that type of party when it has a vibe. That, a feeling, that yeah. And it was, it, was, special. it was felt so early. I remember, I just remember it now, three and a half years ago, uh, you know, three years ago, on the roof, 30 people and we we're just hype. We're like, yo, this is, this is something. We right. got something here. Right. Yeah. Let's just keep this going. So we kept it going and then we named the spot the arena. And then it was just like people started asking us, when's the next arena party? And that's just kind of how we became something. Came to life. Yeah. yeah. That's dope. So it's super organic and it kind of became like uh, an avenue for us to just throw parties we enjoy. I mean, they're still my favorite parties. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. we definitely get high on our own supply. Right. Right. <laughs> for, so, for those who don't know, like, what are your roles within the collective of the arena? Can you guys describe what you do? Yeah, so I mean, day job wise, I do uh, study, I have a background in engineering and mm. architecture as well. So I do construction management, but I also have a hobby of photography. So my biggest thing is always just trying to capture and document the event, document the vibe and just like really capture people. And that's what I love to do in general. Nice. So uh, especially at arena parties, it's, it's fun for me. Like if I'm at an arena party not taking pictures, I'm having a great time, but it's just different. You yeah, know? absolutely. So I, I think the photographer role and just documenting the, uh, the event. So during the day, I work for a startup called Skillshare. It's an online learning platform. I'm on the partnership team there. So I work with a lot of our brands and influencers to create content. Within the arena, I, I say I handle a lot of the logistics, a lot of the relationships with our venues, with our talent. 
and some, I don't know, just general creative guidance. But we we never really defined what our roles yeah, are, to be honest, the like first time roles. we've ever been asked. Right, that. right. <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah. but it's, it's just, we just step up where, right. where we need to. So, I mean, right. Derek can introduce himself in a second, but he's the more recent member of the arena just because he wasn't living here. So Josh is another member of the arena. Mm -hmm. Who now lives in Boston, so he's he's kind of traveling a bunch and, and isn't as active mm. um, day to day. But Derek has really stepped up because one, he was our favorite DJ, so he just always was spinning our events. Right. But he's also a hustler and an entrepreneur and and can make a lot happen. So he's mm. really stepped up and filled kind of a music coordination logistics role on that side of things uh, spins all of our events so we yeah. know we got an hour and a half to two hours At taken least. care of yeah you know and it's with like the best music right. exactly. like yeah so yeah. when you have a member of your team that's already your favorite dj it's like it's a no-brainer no-brainer so yeah. we have we have the photography taken care of we've got the music taken care of and these are things that most crews need to hire for right or like right. need to yeah. get you know beg someone to help them out with right, right? Yeah. so it's gotten to the point where both of them like all other crews are hitting them up to samson they're mm. shooting their events or derek's been in their events but it's at the arena it's just like a given it's that's pretty, so dope. pretty big privilege that's so dope so i, I dj full-time um dj by day dj by night <sighs> and i work on like other projects too and i do some freelance work but for the most part, yeah, I just focus on the music nice. right now. Yeah. What other type of art projects? I'm working on some 3D stuff. I'm working on some, you know, I work up like make flyers for nice. other people's parties and stuff it's like, like that. Like graphic design? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dope. Yeah, That's dope. so try to just create as much content as possible. Nice. I see you at all the parties, man. Yeah. It's like, I'm yeah. I'm just out, man. Yeah, you're out there. Yeah, bro. Definitely. I'm just out. Definitely. What, how did you get the name the Yellow Raquel? Please, yeah. Because I was wondering that, too. I don't know if I know this explanation. Yeah. So it, it was really just a joke, man. Yeah. It was just a joke. Because when I started making mixes online, so I've been DJing for uh, like 10 years, almost, mm. nine years. I got my turntables when I was 18. And when I first got them, it was sort of like, you know, when people have a piano in the house or a guitar in the house, like it just sits there, you don't really touch it. Mm. So I, it was like that for me for the first couple of years. And then I started really to love it when I was like 20. I was doing clubs in Baltimore and I went by the specialist mm. at the time, but I wore mm. like, a surgical mask. Mm. <laughs> this is a special knowledge right here. I wrote like, special. Okay. Okay. Exclusive. Even know Exclusive. Exclusive. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was my <laughs> And then I took some time off from music and um, started a business in Boston. Nice. And then I think in 2013 or 2012, I started making mixes again because I found out about Selection. Yeah. And I think they really inspired me to start doing music again because it was this new genre I hadn't heard before and I was really excited about it. Amazing I like, collection. Hey, yeah. I can make music, you know, I can make mixes like this. And I was listening to, you know, Joe Kay and his like smooth Absolutely. voice. And I was like, yeah. if he can do this, man, like I could definitely do this. So my homie, Malcolm, we're sort of at the same boat. We were working mm. at Karma Loop at the time. As a joke, you know, he, he calls himself the Black Ryan Gosling. <laughs> and I call himself the Yellow R. Kelly. Okay. And together, we're Rush Hour. Mm. But I guess the name just stuck because <laughs> when I went, when I made my SoundCloud um, in 2013, I just put the Yellow R. Kelly on there. And nice. all the letters are like uppercase, lowercase. There's a number in there. Right, it was like, right. It was like a joke, like yeah. a total joke. Right, right. And then... Um, People started listening to the mixes and sharing the mixes and mm. it caught on. That's so dope to hear because it's only confirmation when you invest your time and energy into something that you're passionate about. It creates something that not only you can connect with, but other people connect with too. So like your story is the epitome of that. 
you sort of embodying a personality, but then people recognize you for that and also appreciate you for it. So it's dope to see. I know we all are in some ways creative. We're in some ways like business savvy as well. We're sort of like a new generation of artists slash entrepreneurs. You know, we're doing the the creative work, legwork, but we're also sort of planning the structure of these events that you're throwing and the business behind everything. And that comes with a lot of power and responsibility, you know? So just to see how you guys handle yourselves is so dope. I'm not the first person to say it, but I really appreciate what you guys do as a collective. Definitely making an impact within the city. You know, not just in New York and other cities too. Like you guys are really making a stamp. One of the things we wanted to talk about is the conversation of how we can use our gifts, our talents, our, our social power to sort of make a positive impact on culture. You know, like in America, we're dealing with a lot now with social injustice and police brutality and all these different issues, socioeconomical issues. How do you guys see yourself within America, this world that we're living in now? And you guys, as a diverse collective within yourselves, how do you guys see yourself? Where is your place within this picture? Yeah, man. So first off, appreciate it, Todd. Like that, that means a lot. You know, because we do put a lot into into the events and doing all that, and it's great to hear people really appreciate it and really get it for all that we do. Personally, I love the arena also because it's just a creative outlet for me. Like I'm come from a technical background, went to engineering school, I have an engineering job. And the arena is kind of an escape to that, where I'm able to balance my creative talent and, and, and really work towards something that, and build something else that's outside of just a regular job, Monday through Friday. And with that, I mean, well, we all just like really just focus on just bringing all of our energy together, because we're all just homies, number one. That's what it comes down to. It's not, this is not a business that is strictly monetary or anything like that, without that having incentive. It's really just bringing our, our interests together and making some shit that's dope, you know? So. With that, it's also just bringing our communities with us. So everyone, everyone here, we all have, you know, obviously mutual friends, but bringing all of our backgrounds together and just creating uh, atmosphere for others to just communicate. We've done parties where people are getting jobs from it. People are coming to relationships from it. It's just beautiful to see, to create that type of vibe. You know, to reflect on like what's what's going on right now. And there's a lot of negative energy right now just in the nation and amongst social inequality issues and even the election. Just so much negativity is out there right now. And it's just great to really just stop and just like, you know, be with your homies and being with your friends and just and just connecting with people that might be different from you, but you guys might have an interest as well. So it's really just trying to create that atmosphere. Personally, that's my take on it, my admiration or my, you know, what I love about the arena overall. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember being at a party that you guys threw and seeing like an amazing collective of different races and backgrounds, social groups and cultures coming together to party and enjoy each other and just have fun, you know? And for me, that was like seeing you guys throwing a party like that as a form of resistance, almost like partying is making a statement of unity. That's powerful. What do you guys think about that? Do you guys even see yourselves as that, as creating something that's meaningful to culture in a positive way? Yeah, I think we're very proud of the environment that we've built through the arena. I can't say that was our initial or the number one priority was to just be a form of resistance. You know, the number one priority has always been to just turn up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but 
in doing that and kind of creating this environment where it's very inclusive, for a while, all of our parties were free. Most of our parties are still free unless there's some type of cost that we just can't front. So if it's like a venue cost or the policy of the venue, then we have to charge 10 bucks. And we're really upfront with our community. We say, yo, like, sorry, we got to charge you this time, but trust us, like the next one will be free, stuff like that. Because we just want it to be open to whoever. So we don't, we don't want anyone to feel like they can't get in or that they can't afford it or that, you know, a reason to stay home. But what we have created is this wonderful community that really represents, I think, what's awesome about our generation. It's people that come from different areas of the globe that might look very different, but share interest in music, share interest in culture, share interest in having a good time, and just provide that platform where people can be themselves and then meet other people that are like just as motivated as them, but not necessarily doing the same thing. So like, I really hate the term networking because it just, it's like inherent usury, right? It's like you're meeting people to see what they can do for you. But the Very thing I love about New York and, and I think what we've been able to capture is you're dancing next to or grabbing a drink with people that you probably might never, you might never work together, but just their drive, their motivation in life and their struggle to make it in New York as maybe an engineer during the day, but an aspiring photographer or like, you know, working retail, having your own store, but then trying to make it as a DJ, right? Like the social value in our crew is you need to be doing a lot, right? If you're wasting time, then it's like, we don't want to hang out. But the cool thing is it has nothing to do with money, right? It's about just being inspired and wanting to be pushing positive, each other, yeah. pushing each other. And I think what we've realized is through building a community is really what we're proud of and what we've attempted to do and how we continue to grow is by throwing more events or more opportunities, not just parties anymore, but just more ways to stay engaged. It's kind of our responsibility to keep providing those avenues. And what's, what's come out of it is this, I mean, personally, it's my like utopian vision of how people should interact, um, regardless of what someone looks like or where they're from or what they're into. There are ways we can connect and work together and just have a great time in spite of everything, just like you said. I'm sure we all have friends that have told us this, but when they come to arena parties, there's a reason why they think it's so unique because for a lot of them, maybe they're, this is their first time partying with this many different types of people, right? And it's not that they don't want to, but they might not have had the opportunity before. And so when these protests happen and these marches happen and social media flares up when situations occur, those are great. Those have their place. And, and I think people should express their views in whatever ways they feel like it. I actually am appalled when people uh, attack others for how they're dealing with a very tough situation. Right. Because that's just unfair, right? I will say, personally, our parties are absolutely something that's become a statement for how to deal with the social stuff that's going on today. Because if we continue to build experiences where people can come together, that has to spread. You know, familiarity breeds comfort. I don't even know if that's the right saying, but the more you interact with people that aren't like you, the more comfortable you become with them. And so if we can build that in our community and where we actually have influence and impact and can make decisions, then that's gonna have reverberations beyond that. We're lucky, we're in New York. There's a lot of different types of people that are in the same boat, right? We all gotta pay rent, we all gotta take the subway, we all gotta walk everywhere. Like there's a lot of normalizing factors that don't exist elsewhere. But if we could build this here, it can grow other places. And so I think as we throw more events, as 
you know, we get to the point where we're having kids and all our kids are hanging out at their own little like two-year-old arena parties, which are gonna be super lit. <laughs> like, like it's just gonna be normal for them to hang out with people that might look different or be from different places. And I, so I think that's the way like through generations, we can improve race relations and the way people act towards one another. Right. Yeah. That's powerful. And it's so amazing to see and experience, you know, cause it's like you said, it's almost creating the world that you want to live in, the atmosphere that you would wish the rest of our city or even our country would be able to have a taste of. You know, you think there's people with so many different issues and divides and isms, just even the ability to, to dance together, to party together, as simple as that sounds, it's so profound. You know, so like you as a DJ, it's like you're almost the a controller of that entire environment. You're setting the tone, you're creating that mood. So what is that like for you, your perspective, like I mean, in seeing that happen and creating that moment for people? Man, it's, it's so special and I think it's so important because being a DJ full time, I have to oftentimes take a step back and really think about like why I'm doing this. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, a party is a party is a party is a party. And some weeks I'm out like five days a week just doing parties. But whenever I do an arena party, I know it's gonna be a special experience and I've never really lost that like, I don't know, that excitement or that, that fire that sort of drives me to make these parties better each and every time. Just because I think the three of us and with Josh and Goulet included, I think we all bring something different to the table and that has really manifested like Man, there's literally people who work at like startups who don't talk to a lot of people all the time. Maybe they're like coders or they work behind computers all day long, but they'll come to our parties time and time and time and time again. And I think there's something, there's something very unique about that. And as the person who, I guess, directs the vibes or sort of curates the vibes throughout the day, I keep it in mind, but I also try and introduce new ideas and new sounds to different groups of people who may not have heard what we play at our parties. Yeah, I think it's incredibly important, incredibly powerful. And the fact that we can bring all these people together is sort of a testament of like how tight we are as a crew. And if people trust us, then they come through to our party and it's guaranteed a good time no matter who's there. Yeah. So yeah, just, just building off that, that trust, that comes straight from the house party. And that's been essential to our DNA even as we've grown. So we went from you know, 30 people at our housewarming to 60 at our next one to like 100 at our next one to the point where we had 250 people in this apartment. And, got to and, on our, and it was nuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that yeah. was a fucking banging party. Yeah. <laughs> the next day, we were scolded by three different sets of neighbors. Yeah, like, they knocked on our door and just reamed us like, yeah. like we were little kids. Yeah. And we deserved it, okay? Yeah. Fortunately, no one got hurt, nothing was damaged. But Man. what we've, <laughs> other, than, other than my ego, <laughs> um, but what we took from that is, what is it about house parties, right? What is it about house parties that are so dope? And it's a trust, because when you go to a house party, you either know the person who lives there or your friend knows the person who lives there. So naturally, Everyone's everyone else there everyone knows, the right? There's, there's this yeah. like central Kevin Bacon, six degrees of separation type things right. that happen. And how do you maintain that even when you're throwing a party that's at a bar or at a club, right? So one thing we do is we throw day parties. And so that means you can see everyone. It's super friendly already and very open, yeah. right? So that's that's one thing you just, it seems like it doesn't matter, but that that's, that's a huge, huge factor. Yeah. Then when we started throwing the night parties at Kinfolk, 
we had to slowly introduce that to our community so that people still trust us. Like, okay, this is still has the arena on it. That means I'm still gonna see a lot of the familiar faces that I've come to meet at the day parties. Now we're partying on a Thursday night and they're bringing their friends. So like, it's just still this inherent understanding that everyone kind of either knows your friend or a friend of a friend. And so you could, there's a trust and that means you're open and that means you're willing to meet new people. If you're just going to a random bar or a party on a Saturday, on a Saturday you, you had to be defensive, especially if you're a pretty girl, <laughs> right? Because there's just creeps. Yeah. So, but I think that's another awesome part about the arena community is there's yeah. all these relationships that have come up. When we have friends text us like, yo, I just wanted a date with so-and-so, or even like two people will text us. They were like, I was talking to this person. They, this? they both text yeah. us. Yeah. And then we make the connection and now they're going on dates. That's fantastic. Or even like business partners, people collaborating. That brings us joy. It does. Like and even seeing people mm -hmm. become friends outside of us. Like we have friends that meet at the parties and you're just seeing them post on IG together somewhere else, like in Miami. It's like, <laughs> what? You know? What? So it's, it's just great to see relationships building and building. And it's exciting to see where it's going to go. That's amazing. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's that's the responsibility. Like, it's gotten to a point where, yes, these are still my favorite parties, but we can't stop now because we've built something that people depend on. And I think people really enjoy. So, and every like, couple of weeks, we just look at those texts, like, when's the next arena party? Yep, right. yep. So in terms of the wider impact of what our parties can do, it's building that trust. It's showing people that it's possible. People ask us, you know, well, how are you booking venues? How? And we're telling them, like, I'll tell you exactly how to book a venue. Any venue that needs traffic, just tell them, hey, I could bring 100 people to your spot Wednesday at 5 p.m. What fucking business owner will tell you no if you're gonna bring them business like that? There, boom, you just started your party series, right? We're gonna have Wednesday night five. That's gonna be our party series, right? Just go start it. So that's how a lot of younger cats who see what we're doing, they probably have more of an opportunity because they're young and energetic and can party all nights per week. But yeah, that's another like responsibility that we've we've been very proud of and just kind of inspiring other crews to just like, just make it happen. Yeah. And then now we work with all these other crews. All that stuff about being very competitive and, and trying to gain turf. It's like, I don't think it's like that anymore because the real turf, all right, now I'm gonna start preaching, but the no, real no, turf no. Is, is, is corporate money, right? And so I want all of our crews, whether it's everyday people, whether it's Makosa, whether it's FOMO party, whether it's Trolectro, right? We go to their parties, so we should all work together because we're all just trying to, like, let's give the people a great party and let's just take that corporate money and let's all get paid. We shouldn't be battling with other crews. We're all working together so we can get this corporate money. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's, oh. the, that's the long vision. That's major. So, yeah, what do you guys see in, in regards to your future? Since you guys have a, such a strong foundation and purpose for the arena parties, what does the future look like? Just get paid a lot. Yeah, I'd love to expand outside of events and almost function as an agency. Just provide like creative resources for other people that are trying to get down. I mean, the value in the arena is our community. You know, anyone can throw hip hop parties but I think our communities is why other people want to work with us. And we have a very long tail vision of the business side of it. So whenever we do an event, we make sure the numbers make sense with the venue, but Samson and I aren't really making any money. We are bringing in money and then we're paying the DJs first and foremost. Other than maybe a couple house parties, I'm very proud to say that we've compensated our talent fairly. And I mean, you've worked with so many other groups. I would like to think that that's unique. 
that yeah, like every sure. time we're for able sure. to take care of our, sure. our people before we even take a dime. Fortunately, Samson and I have day jobs, right? Derek is spending full time. So the fact that we can help him pay his rent is another reason why we're super proud of what we've built. But we have that comfort of a full time, of a constant paycheck that we can lean on, right? To pay for this place and pay for our lifestyles. But we know down the line, that's when potentially bigger money is available for what we've built with the arena. And that's where you see awesome crews like Everyday People, like they've built this incredible, they basically have an agency where HBO or Bacardi or these other brands will hit them up because they want to tap in to what they've built. Yeah, exactly what I was saying. It's just, it's really, we have the advantage of making it organic. We're not chasing the money deals with different venues. And I think that's a huge advantage. We're taking more control than we would if we were only going for the best deal that put money in our pocket. And so it's really just sticking with that you know, organic feel of the brand, picking up the brand and then over time being able to get that corporate money. Because yeah. at this point, most of the time, we're not even looking out for ourselves at first. It's mostly yeah. talent. If we cover talent, it's we're good. Talent, it's vibes yeah, and all right, that. Right. And then we're, we're raising money for, you know, different community organizations, yeah. fundraisers. So money's not even the, the end goal for us right now, but down the line, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And that's the thing. It's like now more than ever, you guys are a prime example of that. The power is in our hands and we're realizing that. You know, we're no longer saying, you know, we're going to create this amazing experience and then somebody else will take control of it or have creative control of our vision of what we created, what we started. No, you guys are saying we're starting this and we're going to see this all the way through. You know, we're going to take this from point A to point B and it's still going to be our own. You know, and that's powerful. And I think other business, young entrepreneurs, young creatives can learn from that and think, yeah, we can take control of what we do as well. We don't have to feel like we have to sell our vision or our passion or energy. You know, we can keep that self-contained and then create even more value because of that, because it's still our own. Do you guys feel like you guys are doing that, you know, in, in your own way? Yes, I think just nowadays, if you're an entrepreneur, whether it's a clothing brand, your music career or throwing parties, like there are no excuses to not make it happen, right? Because you can have a website, you can have social media, you can get the word out. Like all these things that were barriers before just don't exist, right? The barriers don't exist. So um, having creative control or basically utilizing the tools at our disposal is everything to the arena, right? It's what allowed us to kind of curate what we look like from a branding perspective and maybe what you experience when you come to our events and then we just throw in the people that we bring because that's, that's really what the experience is. Um, but yeah, with that foundation, we can make this whatever we want to make it. I mean, we haven't even had a discussion about like, well, what do we want the arena to be in five years? We have rough ideas that eventually, like we're going to have such a big community that it's going to be valuable to other brands that want to work with us. But we're still every day, we're talking about the next party. You know, we're like, all right, shit, we got this party coming up. Yeah, we're right. Weeks. weeks. Yeah, we're we going to just talking about who's, that. Who's DJing? <laughs> What's yeah. the deal? Like, we're, yeah. that's every day on just our group text. And it's like, just fun. It just, it's just so much fun. And it's an escape from, um, you know, day-to-day -day grind outside of, outside of this. It's fortunate to have something to really go home and work on. You guys are able to have fun doing it and creating these environments, and we have fun enjoying them. You know, we have fun attending them. I think you guys said it perfectly. It's like you're creating a place for these people to meet each other and to, to create relationships outside of the arena and just in the world in general. So you guys are doing a lot for our culture, and it's only going to continue to build. 
and it's going to only get better, you know. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys continue to do. Definitely. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks, yeah. Guys. Find out when the next arena party is by staying tuned to their Instagram at the arena underscore BK. To find out more about The Open Canvas, hit up our website, theopencanvas.com. Also stay tuned to our Instagram, at The Open Canvas. And for any questions or inquiries, hit up my email, Taj, T-A-J, dot opencanvas at gmail.com. This has been The Open Canvas, produced by Taj Alexander, recorded by Elliot Cuff, and edited by Amanda Hughes.